Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Josh Tickle. Did I say it right? Nailed it. Hell yeah, dude. I usually screw up the easiest names, so yours was like, <laughs> at least I practiced it. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude. I'm thrilled to hear about this, that you're a smart AC Everything that you're doing with this, I don't know how much background I've been working in AI for the last six, seven months. And like, it's the future to me. And correct me if you think that I'm wrong about this. It's like the Internet. It's like when the Internet came out. That's what this is like. Yeah. Yeah. We've been pretty head down crunching data that we get. And then obviously considering how can we crunch it better using machine learning and AI? And then how can we automate all of our processes with AI, et cetera? But but it's still, it's early in our roadmap with incorporating it, but agreed. I mean, it's, uh, if you're not using it, you will be well behind in five years, if not sooner. For sure. And I think, look, I don't come from the home services industry. So it was a little bit of a shock to me when I realized, for the most part, and it's not a dig on the home services industry, it just is what it is. But most of the, there's a lot of people behind. There's a, I would say that five years behind most industries. Yeah, I would say probably more like 10. But yeah. <laughs> it's pretty when wild. It comes, when it comes to technology, yeah. So how have you overcome that one thing? Because that's a uh, tough one. Yeah, I would say that's probably our biggest hurdle. Change management, for anybody that's run a technology company in the space, they understand that change management is kind of one of the hardest hurdles. It's not getting the you know, the owners of the business or the visionaries of larger companies to understand kind of what the future is. It's getting them to act on it early and then most importantly, get their team to buy in as well. So, so yeah, I, I think that I imagine Service Titan, who was the first behemoth in the space, had the same problems back then. And that's probably why they make you spend two or three hours a day for six weeks, just so that you're like ingrained and in, in, in trained in how to change the way you do business. So, We've had those same struggles as well, but feel like we really kind of busted through over the last 12 months. Yeah. So you've been, but you've been in this space for a few years now, right? Yeah. So my background is selling to homeowners. I built a $50 million home services company before getting into technology. And then we started this company with an energy savings product to start with that had some data capabilities and the world fell in love with the data capabilities. And so about four and a half years ago, we decided to do our homework, study, and then pivot the whole company to build out SmartAC.com. So we've been building the platform for about four, four and a half years. And we did it in stealth for about the first three and actually had the product in the field and testing and everything for a long time. 
built the hardware, built the software, and then we launched the world about a year and a half ago. So we've been live for a year and a half publicly, but working on it for um, over four. That's wild, dude. That, so you, I mean, you're so far ahead of the game. It's not even funny. So tell me, for the people listening, like what is Smart AC? What does it do? And it's is it like smart water for AC? <laughs> yeah. So I like to start with the why, like why we built it before the what even. So when we studied the industry, we found out that people will spend money on leads and they'll get in front of the homeowner the first time. And really the only way they get an ongoing relationship with those homeowners in HVAC and plumbing is selling a maintenance agreement. And when we studied the industry, it became very evident that the, the yes rate, the conversion rate on those was very low, like 20% industry-wide. And so the reason we built the platform was to give people another way to sex up that value proposition of an agreement, right? And then have a way when Miss Jones says no to coming to the house, how do we still grab that relationship ongoing so that we can be the company of record, or our partners, of course, can be the company of record when that system needs to be replaced? And so that's why we created it. So the what that allows us to do that is just a really simple sensor set that you can deploy in 10 minutes that monitors the health of the air conditioning system for heating, for cooling, the percentage of the air filter life, water leak detection and drain clog detection. And so it just allows the contractor to have 24-7, 365 visibility of the health of the home. And allows the homeowner to have some high-level metrics of understanding how things are going in their home as well. And so what that enables then is for maintenance agreements to be a lot more attractive to homeowners. And then a drop-down offering it from zero to maybe 10 bucks a month, depending on how aggressive you want to be to grab homes, of monitoring only, right? Where you only go to the home when there's a demand call situation. And so that's allowed our partners to really just dramatically increase that conversion rate to a plan, any plan. Right. And then obviously the value proposition of owning that home with technology for HVAC and plumbing is very strong and overwhelms the cost, which is 10 bucks a month, $120 a year is what our platform costs. And so for less than a value of a, the cost of a truck roll, you really can have a stranglehold on that house and utilize technology to grow your base of customers instead of just utilizing manpower, right? With visits to the house. All right. So Man, are you using predictive analytics and right? Yeah. So you can, yeah, you can predict when the system's going to go down. You can predict maybe even anomalies. So it's 50,000 data points a day. So the amount of data that we get and the trends that we can see over time, over even individual minutes or hours, but over time, especially over weeks and months, is incredible. So not only are we catching things when they go wrong in an instant, right? If something goes wrong quickly. But many times we're catching trends over weeks and months and we're able to alert the contractor that, hey, this is an opportunity for you to get out in front of a breakdown. And, and really what's best for them is they can take their members and fix them three or four or five weeks before the hottest days of the year. So on those days, they can be taking all the inbound traffic and don't have to be, you have to be servicing the people they already have captive. So yeah, there's, I mean, we can talk all day about the data and how we crunch it. But we really set it up to where we let the contractor kind of be the hero, see everything in their dashboard, have an outbound approach, calling attention to a developing problem, and then really having a consultative relationship with the homeowner, adding value remotely. So it's a very different experience for the homeowners as well. It feels like this is a huge win for the homeowner because if you can predict a problem before it happens, so to speak, and you can get someone out there 
and you like you mentioned, four or five weeks ahead of time, let's just say that it is the middle of summer and you get that alert, you have a buffer of four or five weeks and the contractor doesn't have to rush. You don't have to have an emergency call. And my guess is, all right, so how, so if I'm the customer, how do I get the alert? So, so we send the, if it's like a water alert or if it's filter alert, like we don't want to bug our partners with that info, right? Or, oh no, I'm sorry, if it's a filter alert. If it's a water alert, it goes to the homeowner and the contractor at the same time, right? We want them both aware of it. If it's a performance alert, we actually send that to the contractors first. We allow them to set up some timing of how long they want to kind of have it and, oper- and act on it before the homeowner even gets an alert about it. Um, and so we really are taking the side of both the contractor and the homeowner, but we want the, we're really trying to empower the contractor to be able to be the hero, right? Um, yeah. And so that, that means giving them the alert and allowing them in their process over a couple of days to find out when to reach out the customer, how to take care of it, work it into their, in their flow of their business where it's not putting them out like a demand or like an urgent call, like you said. Um, and then the homeowner obviously has access to the data as well, but we're not calling, kind of calling their attention to it for some time. We give the contractor the opportunity to be the hero. And so that's kind of it. And then we listen to our contractor partners and how would you like to communicate with a customer? And eventually we'll be using AI to automate all of that, those interactions, right? So really the beauty of the platform will be you put the product in the house, it's got the data, and then really eventually, and we're talking within the next 12 months, the next interaction you have with that homeowner many times will be they have been called, they have had a communication about a product problem. They have seen the problem in their app themselves. They've either snoozed it for a week or two and then it's brought back up again. But at some point they have confirmed, oh yeah, that's a problem. Use the app to schedule a demand call and then it shows up in your service Titan or your Sarah instance, right? And so that means installation to demand call. And even if it's just monitoring only, without ever going to the house, you just get demand calls scheduled automatically, right? And so that's the beauty of technology is taking all the things you used to have to do manually and automating them, giving the homeowner a better experience along the way, right? So that's what's really exciting about the ability to turn data into revenue. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. So have you, this may be a silly question, but have you calculated approximately how much time it saves the homeowner with the alerts, being able to communicate, let's say via the app, uh, the fact that they don't have to talk to a human being, because let's just be honest, most people don't want to talk to a human being at this point. There's a lot of people that do, but there's a lot of people that don't. And guess what? The people that do are thinning out every single year. True. So the easier, softer way is just to be able to communicate through the device that everybody has in their hand 24 hours a day. Yep. Yeah, no, agreed. This is agreed that most people don't want to have these interactions over the phone. They want consultative. They want to be able to send a text while in a meeting. Like they just want to take care of it. I'd re- much rather have somebody let me know, hey, we saw a problem. Can we meet you at your house when you get home from work at 515? 
right? As opposed to calling me and me having to set everything up, right? So agreed on that. But really, what's even more powerful is the time and bandwidth it saves the contractors, right? So people, the two visit maintenance plans are a thing of the past, right? They are not the future, they are the past, right? And so I don't believe that we're going to skip to zero, but one visit a year is plenty with smart maintenance to be able to take care of everything you need to do at the house. And we have many customers already moved to that. And so now you're just saving a ton of bandwidth. The goal is to put as many customers in the funnel as possible. You know, I would much rather sell to 2,000 homes once a year instead of selling to 1,000 homes twice a year. And the homeowners would rather you be there selling to them once a year as well, right? And so there's a lot of bandwidth that we can save. And of course, the goal is just to make to make our partners more profitable, really. And so utilizing, saving your most valuable resource, which is technician bandwidth, is a big part of that. So if you, I guess you, I'm certain that you've looked at it this way. I mean, this is also a way to mitigate having to hire a bunch of more technicians. Everybody needs more technicians, but this eliminates half of the calls that are costing the company 250 bucks every time. Non-demand calls. Yes. It eliminates up to a hundred percent of non-demand calls, depending on how you use the product. We have companies that are only selling you know, agreements where they have monitoring is the only thing they have to do. And they have optional ability to go to the house when the data says so, or when the homeowner asked them to, right? Sure. So you can run, in fact, I'm doing a talk at Pantheon about this, how you can run your business with 100% demand calls. Like this is a way of doing that, right? You may have need to grow the base of customers by deploying of this to get enough demand calls for that to make sense. But you no longer have to be going to homes to find out where there's revenue. The data will tell you that and the homeowner will approve it before you even trigger the truck roll. So yeah, there's a different way of going about growing the business now with a tool that hasn't been available in the past. And it also it also eliminates, as we all know, technicians are not salespeople. They are salespeople, but they're not great salespeople. They don't like that process. This really is a benefit to them as well because they don't have to sell anything. Well, we say, we call it selling armed with the data, right? So, I mean, back in the day before you had dashboards in your car, they blinked and would tell you when something was wrong. You'd go in to get your car fixed and you would pray that you got an honest person and not an unscrupulous one, right? Because we didn't know if they were telling the truth or not. But now, of course, you have a dashboard in your car and and there's not a blinking light, you don't go in. And when there is a blinking light, right? And it gets fixed and the light goes away, you feel pretty confident that there was something wrong and now it's not wrong anymore. And that's exactly what we do through the app for the homeowner, right? And so they can see a trend where the performance is dropping and they can see that it came right back into healthy line after it's fixed. And so that transparency is what consumers are used to in many industries. And HVAC, of course, was behind, uh, may had some connected OEM products, but no experience that was delightful to the homeowner, right? And so we try to take that data and then turn it into a next level customer experience as well. I mean, it's proof. I mean, if you got the data, it's like the data doesn't lie. And nobody's going to argue with the data. Like it, it should, it, it, I mean, maybe you might find a couple of people, but for the most part, it's common sense. Yeah, well, it's a third party validation, right? We don't really insert ourselves to the customer as the third party per se, but I mean, it's a technology platform where the data is is giving you that verification that something is wrong. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And for 120 bucks a year, 
I think that's a, I mean, I think it's a no brainer. I, that It would be a no brainer for me, anyhow. So what's been your biggest challenge with growing Smart AC's customer base? Well, we touched on it before, but I think change management. I think cutting through the chaos of the business owner's life in business is important, is hard to do, right? Getting a first 30, 40 minute call to be able to walk them through what this is. I mean, we have a 90 plus percent rate of people saying, hey, yeah, send me some pilot units. I want to test this out. But getting that initial meeting requires either a warm intro or they're hearing about us on a podcast or in a conference or something like that. But then most of our time is spent not in first meetings. It's spent supporting that partner with the how to go to market with the product, right? Once you understand that all of my maintenance agreements can have this element to them, most people generally get to, well, I need to rethink all of this, right? And that doesn't happen in a week, right? It happens in a month. And so we're helping people saying, hey, this is what our other partners are doing. Here's how it's working. Here's how their conversion rates went from 20 to 60%, right? You don't have to do the same thing, but here's what's working. Here's what's not. Kind of we know what best practices are at this point. And so helping them kind of rethink what their maintenance agreements need to look for or, or need to be thinking, starting with why do we do maintenance agreements, right? Why did Jim Abrams come up with this in the 70s? Well, it was to have a way to, when you chop down a Christmas tree, let's plant a new one. So 10 years later, we get another Christmas tree, right? And so the why hasn't changed. It's just the how to go about grabbing a home is different now. And so that's really our struggle. It's a fun struggle because we're in the in the weeds, helping people, you know, rethink a little bit. Not that, again, it's not. It's the same concept as a service agreement. It's just a better one, and it gives you another option with ma- with monitoring only. So that's kind of our biggest struggle day to day. But like I said, it's fun. So once once a company, let's just call it ten million dollar company, they have twenty technicians. I don't know if that part matters, but what's the process from beginning to end after you after they sign the agreement? How much time instead? What how much effort does it take on the contractors end? Yeah. So our process, kind of our sales process, we don't start with signing an agreement. We start with just getting them like a six pack of units to test, right? And so they test the product, they see the install process, they see the homeowner experience. And then we do a dashboard review is what we call it, where we show them their office dashboard, right? With all of the live data from the systems they just put in. So they understand the entire product end to end. Then we'll show them the pro app, which is a different app than the homeowner app, of course, and how that works and how their techs can see all the data in the field and on their mobile devices. And then we start talking about how do you want to deploy? How do you want to use this? You want to put it on new systems to sex those up and sell more of them? You want to change your maintenance agreements going forward? Do you want to overhaul your current maintenance agreements with a two-to-one conversion is what we call it, two visits to one visit. So you double your bandwidth to grab more agreements. And then we decide, they they say, hey, here's what we're going to need for the next three or four months. And then we execute an agreement to get some product to them in a partnership. Um, And then we have our customer, our partner success team dive in. We go train their technicians. We go help them develop collateral. We give them our assets about the platform so they can weed those into theirs. Or we have off-the-shelf assets they can use in brand if they want. And so this process, the sales process is usually two to four weeks. And then the rollout process is usually another two to four weeks. So best case, fastest case, three or four weeks from first meeting to deployment, but generally more like six, seven, eight. But it's not really near as hard to do this as it would be to switch to Service Titan or something because (laughs) it's not really changing the way you do business. It's just changing that one interaction where you need to put the product in the house and take that 10 minutes. But then from there on out, it's all automated with through the dashboard. 
Now, does the dashboard integrate with Service Titan or is it a separate dashboard? It is a separate dashboard, but it does also integrate with Service Titan. So when a lead floats to the top in our dashboard, you'll see the high level me- metrics of why why this was the one that we had float to the top, right? Or, or it can be more than one, of course. But um, And then it, you can click on it and dive in and see the metrics of every cycle, the time to temp, the time five minute intervals in the cycle, all the trends for the last weeks and months, everything. But those leads now flow directly into to, to Service Titan as well. So you don't have to have both dashboards up at any given time. You can live and work in Service Titan, and then you can jump over to verify a lead if you want to before you do that kind of outbound approach to the homeowner to call their attention to the problem. This also prevents, it seems like it would also prevent you sending your best technician to a call that you don't, he does. He's better off on a call that's going to make a bunch more money. Yeah. So many co- companies are already doing this with knowing the age of the system, logging that, maybe manually putting it in the service site and the notes. But we make that automatic. So you take a picture when you set up the device of the nameplate photo. All you do is snap. You're done. We scrape all the data off. We populate it into the dashboard. And then it's searchable, right? So on a slow day you know, where you're trying to fill your board, you can search through your members, find the ones that have the oldest systems that are also not performing very well, and then send your text to that place. If it's a demand call and it's coming in, and it's a three-year-old system, maybe don't send your very best tech there that can sell a new system, let's say, right? Because there ain't an opportunity for that. So, so yeah, you can be very wise about where you send your text, and you can be wise about If you're going to subsidize the product into the house, and not everybody does this, but many of our partners give it away, right? Either bundle it in or no no more with their plan or give it away outright. Then when you want to be aggressive with that strategy on an older system, and you know when you don't want to wait around eight years for a new system by subsidizing into a two-year-old system home, right? And so the data allows you to be as efficient as you can be as well. Well, look, if you look at the math, and this costs whomever $120, $120 per year. That's still half, less than half the price it costs you for one visit. Yeah. Just to put a truck in the driveway. Yep. We ran the math on this four and a half years ago. I remember where I was sitting when I ran the math after doing some in some research on the cost of a truck roll. And that was the moment in time where I realized I hadn't even told the team yet at that time but that we were going to pivot and make this because I was like, okay, well, it costs three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a year to go to the house two or three times, right? Yeah. And we can have way more visibility 365 days a year for $120 a year. So I just, the math made sense, right? So yeah, I mean, it's not even a, it's not even close. The ROI is there just to add to what you're doing, but the opportunity cost that you're missing by utilizing that bandwidth with less homes instead of utilizing the bandwidth with in way more homes is really where the biggest upside is. So the sensors, the technician puts the sensors, how does that work? Yeah, yeah so they're magnetically coupled. So the first one will go to go bam, right on the supply vent, right? We okay. have some accessories if needed. And then one goes in the return air. So we have the kind of vent to vent in some cases or vent to in the system split, depending on where the air filter is. And then you put one in the base kit that goes in the evaporator drain pan. It can be used in a different place if the orientation doesn't have that, but usually the evaporator drain pan. And so what that does is it just lets you know, hey, any problem that's going to happen, we're going to see at those places, right? If a capacitor goes out, I may know it 30 minutes later, 
right? But we're going to see that home is at a temperature it hasn't been at in months. And so we can still call the homeowner, not we, but our partner call the homeowner and let them know, hey, it's two o'clock, you're not home, but there's a problem at your house. I know you're not looking at your thermostat, but we just saw it, right? And so, yeah, the sensors allow you to kind of have all triangulate that something's wrong. And maybe one day with all the data, we'll be able to diagnose. But honestly, we think it's mostly like a, a smoke detector, right? You don't need to know which room the fire is in. You just need to send the fire truck, right? And so this is that for HVAC. All right. So you mentioned, I think you mentioned plumbing. Are you doing this for plumbing also? Yeah. Yeah. So all you right. can add five more water sensors on the platform to grab that trade. So put one under the sink, in a sump pump, in a basement, in the water heater drain pan, put it somewhere so that when the goal is that the homeowner thinks of you in their mind, they have a check mark that I have a company for HVAC and I have a company for plumbing. And most of our larger companies obviously do both. And so, and if you don't do plumbing now and you only do HVAC or vice versa, you can use this platform to very efficiently foray into the other trade, right? And so, yeah, we take care of all the plumbing stuff as well. Okay. So how does it work with, so I, I've just started working with and partnered with Alan Ferguson, who does, he's a, he's a drain expert to, of, he knows more about drains than any human I've ever met. And so how does it, how would, how would a plumbing company, how would you use this for like an outside drain in keep in mind, like I'm not super well-versed in drain. So I'm asked, I'm, I think I'm all right. So maybe I'm asking one person. I don't know. Yeah. So they're just they're just water sensors, right? So we have a cable you can snap on if you want it for an accessory to run it around in a piece of equipment or run it around a pan or you know under a sink or whatever. So it we're not doing anything with the water sensing that hasn't been done before. We're just doing it more cost effectively. I mean, they're cheaper than any other sensors on the market for this, right? Connected sensors. Sure. And so we really are just made these. Like I said, it really comes down to the check mark in Miss Jones' mind, right? If right. you have deployed a few more water sensors and you say it's whole home HVAC and plumbing monitoring, they see you as their HVAC and plumbing expert, right? And so, you know, we also want to take care of mitigating risk in their home, but but a lot of this is psychology in the homeowner's mind. And that's kind of how we can get away with getting so much value with a not more than five, six, seven data points. Yeah, dude, that's wild. That's absolutely wild. Yeah, that that's super impressive. I mean, I knew, and, well, I don't know if, I mean, are there, do you have, I'm sure you have competitors to a degree, and maybe we don't necessarily talk about them on here, but do you have people that are actually competitors right now in this space? Yeah, so we studied a couple of products in the past that have been out there that were at the three or $400 price point and took an hour to 90 minutes to install, right? And that was the feedback we got. Look, it's way too expensive. It doesn't work on our model and it's, it takes too long to put in. We don't have any other competitors that have an install that's anywhere close to 10 or 15 minutes, right? And we don't have any competitors that have a price point anywhere close to as low as ours. And we don't ha- definitely don't have any competitors that have a, an app for the homeowner that's anywhere as sleek as ours right so so yes we have com- the we have competitors in a sense but not that have taken this approach and so uh yeah to my knowledge we've never lost a bid can't say that'll be forever but so far so so yeah there are other we're not the first people to consider that having remote data on these systems would be valuable right obviously the OEMs are building into the products as well the problem is that's like 2 3% of the all systems 
and it doesn't really give the homeowner an experience or the or a dashboard that's user friendly like ours. So uh, we are we are acting like someone's coming for us, but currently we seem to be far out ahead, and we want to stay that way, of course. That makes sense. Makes total sense. Okay. Now you mentioned that you didn't really come from this industry, but you had a home services company. Can you dive into that for a second? Yeah. So it was actually a home improvement company doing backyard makeovers, built it across Texas. I still own that company. I actually set up a great management team to keep growing it. But I saw an opportunity in technology and especially in HVAC. And so more I'm more I enjoy working in tech more than working in in the home. I enjoy both. But I really my favorite thing is psychology around buying decisions for homeowners. And so while I don't come from HVAC and plumbing originally, I do come from what I call homeowner whispering, where I understand how their minds tick, what puts their bunny ears up and makes them worried, what makes them feel safe. And a lot of this psychology is is super important with getting them to sign up for a plan, right? Whether it's five or $10 a month, or even 15 or 20 or 30, in the home, it's not a big ask, right? On the internet, 20, $30 a month is massive. In the home, it's not a, it's not a lot of money if you're standing in front of them and you can make them feel comfortable with the buying decision. And so it's everything we do is to try to help our partners get that original yes, right? And then after you get the yes, now you have now your churn rate is the most important thing, right? So keep that as low as possible. And so that's a lot of the consult consulting we do alongside our partners is helping them craft those plans to where the customer psychology, they want to stay, right? And so we have comfort credits, let's say, where people get a day one discount towards their next big AC expense and more credits accrue over time. So they have a layaway savings plan, right? Not concepts that haven't been done before, but putting it right in front of the homeowner with their on the home screen of the app, right? So they sure. have to actually walk away from it. And so really the buying psychology, I kind of got off course there, but the buying psychology around Buying and retention and churn is really my background and what I get excited about working on. Yeah, I get that, dude. I I totally get that. It's really fascinating to me, though. Most contractors are not tech savvy. They don't want anything to do with technology. So it's interesting that you kind of came from that. And but like like me, like I love technology. I think it's this everything that's coming out is it's almost like a rabbit hole for me. Because there's so much out there that could help contractors. It's ridiculous. And I just pray that people get on board because if they don't, the people that are gonna that are already on board and the people that are coming on board are going to surpass these guys and put them out of business. That's just the truth. Yeah, the ability to grow your business will be a, as a function of how uh, it has been as a function of how you're using CRMs, right? I mean, that's right. that's really been part of it, right? But now there's just another another platform that allows you to grow. And I think there'll be a lot of companies out there that, that don't make the change that are small and stay small. And if you've had your customer base for a decade or half a decade or plus, then I think they're pretty safe keeping that customer as long as that customer isn't looking. Um, but if you're wanting to double, triple, quadruple the size of your business over five to 10 years, you're going to have to be offering the best value propositions, or at least equally as good as what other people are offering. And I do believe it'll be something everyone will have to consider or else they will be behind. Yeah. Yeah. In 12 months, if pe the people that have not gotten on board, it's going to be real hard to catch up. Yeah. 
Well, we'll help them catch up. There will be a lot of fast followers and a lot of, I think they call them what, la- laggards, which are follow, but when they have to, not when they're not ahead of time, right? So, and we'll be there to help those people get get caught up to speed as well. But certainly there is an opportunity now, if you're the first, one of the first few companies in your market to be deploying this, then it is a land grab because, and it's that 15 minute install gives you a stranglehold on that home remotely. And so the business, we have many businesses that are just focused solely on deploying, right? As opposed to even even subsidizing or changing some of their marketing dollars into this because it's guaranteed grabbing the home instead of hoping to get it to grab the home. So yeah, there's a lot of changes right now across the whole space. And this is one of the big ones. Yeah, for sure. What else are you seeing in the AI as well, as far as AI goes? What else are you, what other changes are you seeing in the industry outside of smart AC that are either maybe coming or maybe they're here and I just don't know about them, but yeah. Yeah. So in general, we've had our head down quite a bit. We're not out mixing it up that much outside of conferences and things like that. I'm a huge fan of MeasureQuick. I don't know if Jim Bergman over there, but that platform is so valuable in making sure things are done right the first time, giving the homeowner the best experience and using data and technology to do the job better, right? So real big on on that platform. Obviously, exciting to see what Billy and Sarah are doing and the Blue On team is really strong as well. And so I really think we kind of have a nucleus of four, five, six tech companies that are up and coming with addition to the few of them that are already behemoths. And so if you look at what that technology does, if it's if all of it at once, let's say, or most of it is utilized in a company, like it's just a completely different company and the way it looks and operates than what was available five or 10 years ago. So yeah, I think it's an exciting time to be working in the trades and and we're excited to be able to help our partners get those lifts. For sure. All right, so I do want to ask you one, one other question that is not really off topic, but how many contracts, it's sort of off topic, how many contractors do you see that still won't give prices over the phone? Or will not supply price for, and I'll tell you the reason I'm asking. Well, I'll let you answer first, and I'll tell you the reason I'm asking. Yeah, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about this. I know Tall Paul is a big advocate of pricing online, and actually, I, I forgot to mention Contractor Commerce, but I love those guys too. So I don't. I, most contractors aren't giving prices over the phone. I can see both sides of this. I really understand why you wouldn't want to give a price over the phone. It really just depends on whether or not you're the high price provider. You know, you can't build near as much value in a one minute conversation over the phone as you can standing in front of the customer. And so if you put a gun to my head and said, should you give pricing over the phone or not? If I'm the high price provider, there's no way I'm giving price over the phone. So now if you're giving, if you have a relationship with a customer already, and it's a maintenance agreement and you want to give them pricing through software, or you want to have someone on the phone give the price once a tech standing there. Of course, there's some incredible companies doing things like that. That's different, right? But if they're just calling in the first time, price shopping, then I don't see any value in giving them price over the phone and potentially not as much value if you're the high price provider for even going out there. So I can see the other sides of it. And I think if it's air filters or or something like that, it's quite different. And maybe there's if you're a low price, lower or middle price provider, it's a little different as well. But if you are, and many of our partners are, more the upper end of pricing, then I think you have to build the value before you give them the number. 
All right. That was a great answer. That was a great answer. So pretend now you're the customer. All right. And let's pretend that we are still talking about the same customers that would much rather text or message yeah. with you. Right. Yeah. And you could go on your the unit went out. It's the middle of July. There's zero question it's out because it's 100 degrees in your house. Yeah. And you could go online and you could get an estimate right there online, an estimate, not a price, but an estimate. Yeah. And then you could apply for financing at the same time. I hear you. Look, I, the way I shop is totally different than the way I do business. I, well, if I own an outdoor living construction company. When I'm getting a bid to do something in my house, I'm not calling the companies that are on the radio, right? right. I'm, I'm not expecting a price over the phone. I want a price over the phone. I want them to, I'm going to give them the metrics and I want a price, right? Sure. But I know that if they give me that information on the phone, I don't need them to come out anymore. And I'm going to call three other companies. And right. So like, I get that homeowners want that and I understand why they do. And I do believe there may come a day where technology eats the whole space. Right. And where something like that happens or a big tech giant takes it over, but it doesn't, if you're not a tech giant, right. Then you make your money selling to homeowners in the home. And if you don't get into the kitchen table, then you can't expect to close them. You ain't going to close them over the phone, right? Right, right. So unless you have a business model that really is driven only off of those interactions and you are well less than most other people in the market price-wise, then your strong point isn't price. Your strong point is the value compared to the price. And you can only get one of those two across in a two-minute conversation over the phone. And it's the wrong one. So I, I understand that homeowners want that. But if I want to make money, I cannot be just bearing all over the phone without giving them the reason why I'm more expensive than the other people. So what? All right. So let's pretend that we take the highest price, right? Whoever is the highest in town, whoever that is, and then you take the lowest price, and that's the estimate that you get. That yeah, it pops up and it says it's going to be between twenty one. Yeah. And twenty six thousand dollars now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's no guarantee it's gonna. It's a guarantee it's gonna fall between those two numbers. But there's still some ambiguity there. That there's a chance when they pick up the phone and call the next guy, and they hypothetically, if they say, "All right, we're twenty six thousand," well, they're gonna go back to the online guy because there's a damn good chance that it is not gonna be twenty one thousand. Yeah, I think given a range could be a loophole where you could do that. But yeah, I mean, I think, look, I do think that if giving a range gives them the homeowner the confidence that it's okay to have you come out because they know there's, you're not, your minimum isn't $20,000, right? Right. Then I think that'd be okay. But you're still, you don't want to lead. I wouldn't lead with it. If they're ready to have you come out, like give them as little information as possible. And because you're going to be able to present it in a better way in the home once you understand all their options first, right? And then you can, of course, give them all the options. Of course, you want, you don't want to give one option, you want to give three. You want them to make a decision of what they're going to buy from you, not are they going to buy from you. Um, but you're, of course, more, you're in a better place to close the deal once you've built the rapport, the customer has the confidence what's even going on at their house, right? And so I would say you give them as little information is you have to get in front of them. And I don't like the bait and switch stuff, like even the as low as if you're not, if you never sell that system ever, like no one right. ever can buy it. Like if it's a, if it's a, Hey, you can, some people put bids 
or numbers for just like the condenser only, right? There's a lot of bait and switch, right? And so right. I don't want the feel of that. Sure. Uh, but and I and and I don't want I don't want to send my salesperson out there when there's a number in their head that's half as much as our average replacement bid, right? It's just handicapping them before they sure. Can. And so I wouldn't put it out in the world. But if they try to pry it out of you, I think a range would be a good way of going about giving them something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think. Well, guess what? If you give somebody a range and everybody else won't give you a price, who are you going to call? Yeah, I do. Oh, I don't think being completely, I I don't think being, I don't think it's hard fast. So I I think a range is good. And I think if the homeowner is just going to hang up on you because screw you, you wouldn't tell me anything, then maybe that's not the right play either. But I just think putting pricing of AC systems on your website is bad for business. And I know there are some people that believe that's not the case. And I'm very good friends with some of those people. But I just, having built a company to very large selling to homeowners, I know we never did well talking pricing over the phone ahead of time, right? And I do think that is a good way. If if you don't have enough bandwidth to see everyone, the people that are calling asking for the price over the phone are probably the best people to cut if you don't have the bandwidth to see everyone. True. Yeah, because they're price shopping. If you do have the bandwidth, you should go out there. But if you don't, then that's the low-hanging fruit to cut. And I know Ken Goodrich would be huge on relational customers, right? I mean, that's in the email, relational versus transactional. And so that's part of why we want to help our partners get them on plans, because then you have a relationship and you have a relational customer instead of one that's just looking for you for that individual transaction. That customer is going to be your customer for a long time if it's a relationship. Agreed. So I, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, Josh, dude, I, man, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on today. Can you tell everybody where they can find you, smartac.com, all that good stuff? Yeah. So if you want to go d- directly to the kind of partnership side of things, obviously smartac.com, but hvac.smartac.com is a good landing page for that. We'd love to have a quick meeting with you over Zoom and explain the entire platform and then get you some product, let you test it. You can obviously reach out to me at josh at smartac.com if you want to contact me directly. But we're obviously we're at all the conferences. We're excited to be at Pantheon this year in a big way. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about our new partnership with Service Titan. It won't be the only CRM we talk to, but it is the first and of course the biggest. Um, And so if, if you're somebody who is already using technology to grow your business, then you should be aware of this new technology that will also help you grow. Seems like a no brainer if you ask me. Appreciate it, Josh. Yep. Thank you very much, Corey. Appreciate the time today. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.